1: Kevin McCarthy, the U.S. House Speaker, was removed from his position by hard-right Republicans less than a year after being elected. This happened yesterday. It marks the first time in U.S. history that a House Speaker has been removed from office, and his abrupt removal has raised concerns among some Americans who are expressing a loss of confidence in the future of the American political system. Matt Gates is the congressman who led the ousting of Kevin McCarthy, and he's a Trump loyalist. Gates, by the way, is being investigated by the House Ethics Committee for sexual misconduct and the misuse of funds. But this is what he had to say outside Congress.
2: It's the benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favours. We are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker who's better.
1: So what did Kevin McCarthy have to say in relation to Matt Gaetz?
0: Look, you all know Matt Gates. You know it was personal. It had nothing to do about spending. It had nothing to do about everything he accused somebody of he was doing. It all was about getting attention from you. I mean, we're getting email fundraisers from him as he's doing it join in quickly, that's not governing. That's not becoming of a member of Congress. And regardless of what you think, I've seen the text. It was all about his ethics, but that's all right.
1: A bruised Kevin McCarthy, and during his press conference, he also spoke about his own personal journey into politics.
0: My journey to this office was something people wouldn't understand. I grew up in a town of Bakersfield, California, the son of a firefighter the grandson of immigrants. Parents worked hard, the youngest in my family. Didn't have great wealth and got out of high school, I didn't have great grades. Couldn't get a scholarship, went to community college. Flipped cars to try to pay my way through it. Went to visit some buddies, away college for a weekend, stopped at the grocery store to cash a check and I won the lottery. One of the first in California. It was before Biden economics, it was only 5,000 but it went much further back then. Took my folks to dinner. Put the majority of the rest of the money into the stock market and did pretty well. The next semester, I took a break from school. I went to buy a franchise, but no one said they would sell me one, because I was only 20 years old. But I learned then never to give up. So I opened my own business, selling sandwiches. Three things I learned. First to work, last to leave, last to be paid.
1: And that's Kevin McCarthy. What an extraordinary story that his... uh The foundation of his fortune was based on a a lottery ticket in California. Joining me on the line, Terry Sheridan, Managing Editor of WSHU Public Radio. Terry, good morning. Hey, good morning to you, Pat. Now, this is unprecedented, uncharted territory. Um, First time it's happened in a couple of hundred years. So what's next?
2: We don't know. I mean, the the only thing that we do know is this, that the business of the House of Representatives is pretty much suspended until at least next Tuesday. The only business that the House can have is to elect a new speaker. Now, there is a speaker pro tem in place, Patrick McHenry of North Carolina, but his only remit is is to elect a permanent speaker so the house members were dispersed to their home districts to see what they the voters and the residents wanted them to do
1: now how this happened uh, we had matt gates deciding he wanted to oust kevin mccarthy uh, the Democrats, uh, you know, what to do? Do they abstain and McCarthy stays? Do they vote with Matt Gates, even though, you know, he's a fairly despicable creature uh, and get rid of McCarthy? And they decided in the end, that's what they would do.
2: Right. Now, let, let's go back to January, where uh, McCarthy was first elected after 15 ballots, after Matt Gates held up what should have been just a normal procedure, routine procedure to elect the Speaker of the House, which is usually the leader of the minority. And then once they become uh, go into the majority, it happens. One of the demands that he had was that one member of Congress could raise the motion to vacate the office. And that's exactly what we saw yesterday. Democrats were wondering what to do when they knew this vote was going to come up. Now, as I told you on Monday, House former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said this is a Republican mess. Let the Republicans deal with it. Now, there could have been orders to abstain if they didn't abstain that would if they did abstain, that would lower the threshold. But they were very angry after uh, Speaker McCarthy went on national TV on Sunday after a deal had been reached to continue the government and basically blamed Democrats and said that Democrats wanted to shut down the government. And it was the Republicans who came and rescued them that angered Democrats. And then a whole backlog of grievances uh, also made it pretty much impossible that any Democrat would vote to save McCarthy.
1: Now, the numbers would suggest that it has to be a Republican speaker. There was some muttering about uh, sharing the office between Democrats and, and Republicans. Wouldn't say that would go down well in Republican circles. So what happens? I mean, will every speaker who is nominated by the Republicans for this job be a prisoner of Matt Gates and his ilk?
2: It could be. I mean, it all depends when new there are new House rules to be put into effect, which could raise that limit. You know, for the motion to vacate. But as of now, yes, those eight Republicans who voted, who led this movement to Alice McCarthy, pretty much have control of the floor. Uh, over the summer, they literally took control of the floor when they just log jam. Anything that was going through, Democrats are trying to, you know, one, stay out of the Republican business, but also for their political purposes, point out to the dysfunction. But right now, no one knows who has enough votes. They need to be 217 votes to elect a new speaker right now. It doesn't appear that anyone has it. So I think you're going to see a lot of horse trading. You're going to see a lot of potential white horses come in to save the day, but right now we do not have a, we do not have a functional federal government to go to your original point. No, we have no yeah. functional government.
1: So you've got 45 days of funding from the passing of uh at the business of uh, the temporary funding 45 days. One presumes there will be a speaker before this shutdown crisis looms again in mid-November.
2: Absolutely. Again, the big thing now, I mean, yes, they're talking about tax cuts. They're talking about cutting programs like Medicare and Social Security. That's the Republicans. But right now, it seems the big hang up is funding to Ukraine. Uh, That was what caused any of the problems going into this weekend, trying to keep the government open. It was brought up repeatedly yesterday. Why are we funding Ukraine? Um, Even though there are different uh, plans being floated between the president, the Democrats, the senators, whatever, but Ukraine seems to be the big thing. But no, we are in uncharted territory, and I can't predict what's going to happen. I don't even know if we're going to have a speaker in two weeks.
1: Now, uh, Terry, meantime, Donald Trump didn't throw any kind of a lifeline to Kevin McCarthy at all, even though Kevin McCarthy has shown incredible loyalty to Donald Trump. He didn't get anything in return. But Trump had in court his knuckles wrapped.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, Trump, the the trial, the, this is the civil trial. This is not the criminal trial. This is the civil trial last week where the judge issued a summary judgment and said, yes, you did commit fraud. You are liable for it. This trial now is to see if you committed any more fraud and if uh, what the penalties are going to be. Trump has been attending the trial. He doesn't have to. It's a civil trial. And he makes statements as he goes into court, as he comes out for lunch. At the end of the day, he tweets when he has a break. Yesterday, he tweeted... Um, Something related to the judge's clerk calling her Chuck Schumer's girlfriend. And a couple of other disparaging remarks also linked to our Instagram uh, uh, account. The judge cleared the courtroom, except for Trump, his lawyers and the prosecutors, and basically read him the riot act, said that he would be held uh, in contempt if he continued to do so. The post was taken down. uh, And then once the court was brought, people were brought back into the court. The judge explained uh, what happened. But no, he got his knuckles severely wrapped yesterday.
1: Yeah. Uh, does that mean he's effectively gagged, that he can't say anything about the uh, ongoing conduct of the case?
2: Not yet. This is, looks like to be a limited uh, gag order in which he can't talk about the judge, he can't talk about any of the court workers, any of the judge's workers. But uh, from what we can tell, he is still free to talk about about the case, but we can see how incendiary his language is, and then we may see this play over again if he crosses another line.
1: Um, is he angling to get himself in contempt of court and maybe find himself behind bars deliberately in some misguided attempt to get even more sympathy for his presidential bid?
2: that's been floated that that he a, a 30 day jail sentence in in a local jail uh, you know would portray him as a martyr there's also been a lot of talk that uh, that his lawyers didn't check the box for a jury trial they did they missed that they did not ask for a jury trial there's some thought that maybe he did that deliberately so that he could paint the judge as an enemy instead of a jury So that there is one person that he can point to and say, this person, which he already has done, but this person is out to get me.
1: Mm. Uh, Going after individual jurors would just not be on. Uh, I mean, that would end you up behind bars.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yes, you cannot threaten
1: jurors either before, after or during uh, a case. Terry Sheridan, Managing Editor of WSHU Public Radio. Thank you very much.